Morena and welcome. It's Tuesday the 6th of July about quarter to seven. I'm Bernard Hickey and this is the Dawn Chorus on the Kaka. Today I wanted to focus on the Treasury's long-term fiscal statement. It put out its draft yesterday and you may well have seen headlines warning of um, unsustainable debt paths. This is the once every four year report that Treasury puts out which analyzes whether or not the government's finances can handle its current settings over the next 40 years and it regularly comes out and says no we can't we need to either cut spending or do something else because by 2060 our aging population will drive up the cost of New Zealand superannuation with the current 65 uh, retirement age and the 66 percent of average wage uh, setting for New Zealand super and of course the increased health costs that come with an aging population and um, normally everyone listens to this and goes yeah well there's lots of assumptions in that and it doesn't and it's unlikely to apply before the next election so um, let's move along now and that's what will happen in this one as well however it is worth having a look at the long-term fiscal statement if only to understand how Treasury's thinking is changing somewhat, and also to look at some other options for dealing with this. Normally, the assumption is, well, we have to change our uh, settings for the pension. And um, this has obviously, obviously been a debate over the years where John Key ruled out any pension changes. And interestingly, in his last year, um, Bill English as uh, then Prime Minister decided to try and address this by slowly increasing the age of uh, eligibility for New Zealand super uh, which didn't help him in the election and Labour have uh, reiterated that they won't change the pension settings but uh, this report does show that our tax levels as a percentage of GDP are relatively low compared to other OECD countries and if you wanted to continue on with the current level of entitlements for super and health then to make them sustainable over the long run you essentially need to have a higher tax government. Now um, there's various ways you can do that you could increase income taxes or GST both of those the Treasury talks about or and this is sort of new the Treasury has suggested you could uh, increase tax on wealth through either a capital gains tax or a land tax it does refer to a land tax as one way to do it the other interesting framing of the discussion around prudent debt which is what we're supposed to target under the Public Finance Act is a change in the way Treasury is starting to talk about intergenerational costs because at the moment um, the current way that we look at our long-term fiscal uh, outlook is to simply look at the the revenues and the spending and there isn't much of a look at our balance sheet if you like so one of the ways that you can um, make your uh, outlook look better and any company will tell you this is to not spend any money on maintenance and investment and in infrastructure and you could argue that's what New Zealand's done over the last 30 years which means that um, our government is regularly running surpluses in fact um, on the current budget uh, forecasts not the long-term fiscal forecast but the budget forecasts the uh, government is set to be back down to 20% of net debt within about a decade and in fact 
the size of the government without any changes will naturally fall uh, and the the um the spending as a share of the government will fall well down into the mid 20s uh, percent of gdp now treasury in the long term fiscal uh says this um is unlikely to um remain the case and that the size of government um, for revenues will continue to rise as the population ages. But um, what it does is emphasise how low our taxes are as a percentage of GDP compared to the rest of the world. And it starts to ask the question, could you use your balance sheet, i.e. the ability to borrow, to rectify some of these intergenerational wealth transfers which are evident in the way that Treasury talks about um, our budget outlook. Because in effect, over the last 20 years, um, 30 years in the, if you took a wider view, uh, essentially the voters of the last 30 years have piled up costs onto the future to ensure that they had low taxes. That has uh, worked to keep taxes falling or at least low but what it's done is lumped future costs onto future generations, mainly in the form of awful housing affordability, and secondly, um, a lack of response to climate change so far. There is, by the way, an interesting section on the potential impacts of climate change in the long-term fiscal, which is uh, good as well. But it does reframe the debate around what the government could do if it was thinking truly in an intergenerational sense around its budget. Uh, one way would be to use its balance sheet now while interest costs are low to invest in infrastructure and in uh, not just physical but social infrastructure to improve um, productivity and well-being in the long run and in effect rectify this shift of wealth from the future to the present that we've seen over the last 30 years and reverse it. So shift some of that wealth and well-being uh, to, the, to the now and into the future for future generations by increasing taxes on uh, those people who benefited most from that intergenerational transfer of wealth. So that's the long-term fiscal update um, and I'll continue to look uh, in more depth at that over the next few days. Uh, on the news front, a few bits and pieces around. Um, the oil price had a three-year high overnight because OPEC couldn't get its act together to reduce production. There's a dispute going on between the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia. Also, um, we've seen uh, overnight um, news that Amazon is opening up its Australian warehouses to New Zealand buyers, and that will continue to push prices down for retailers here and um, just another counter to the narrative that we've got an inflation breakout on the way. Uh, later on today I'll keep an eye out for the Reserve Bank of Australia. Uh, it's um, going to announce its monthly monetary policy decision this afternoon. It's unlikely to change interest rates but it may give us some idea of what it's going to do with its quantitative easing starting to talk about tapering down. Remember most people don't think the Reserve Bank of Australia will hike interest rates until late next year or 2023 at the earliest, whereas people are talking about interest rate hikes in New Zealand next year and potentially, very potentially, um, later this year, November. We'll see on that front. I'm Bernard Hickey. That's been a dawn chorus 
on Tuesday the 6th of July on the Kaka. Kakite anō. Talk again tomorrow.